Welcome back to another episode of the Unwind Podcast. Continuing with our discussion on mental health this season, we have a special guest with us today. Please welcome Dr. Rashi. She's a psychiatrist with an MBBS MD in neuropsychiatry. She also has a keen interest in feminism and specializes in schizophrenia, epilepsy, and inequality in the world. And misconceptions about autism. So please welcome Dr. Rashi. Hello everybody, I'm Dr. Rashi Gawal. I'm MD in psychiatry. So that means I'm a psychiatrist and I'm also a very, very pro-feminist. I believe in busting a lot of mental health myths on a day-to-day basis and hence how this platform was born. So I believe that there was so much to say and such less opportunities or maybe a platform not there to bust everyday myths that people had regarding mental health issues, especially in our culture when we view them something to be a supernatural cause or maybe the scores of your bad deeds. So I love doing that besides by treating patients. So the first question, Dr. Rashi, we saw that you specialize in schizophrenia and epilepsy treatment that we've seen on your Instagram page. So could you please tell our viewers what common misconceptions are about those two and what they actually are? Uh, When we talk about mental illnesses, somewhere depression and anxiety have taken the front stage and rest everything has been pushed backwards. This has been a point of concern among the mental health professionals because we feared there was over-glamorization of depression also happening and somewhere things like which have a very dominant role like schizophrenia, epilepsy, neurodevelopmental disorders, autism. These tend to take a backseat because they're not as much talked about and there's still so much stigma attached to them. Still with anxiety and depression, people have come up and they've started experiencing these things and coming out openly and telling about it. Especially with schizophrenia because I think as people of science, we see and believe things that we see and like I can prove. If I were to go and get a thyroid test done, I would easily show people that this is my thyroid level and hence I'm on the medication for the same. But the problem with mental health issues is that I don't have a test to prove that. At least with epilepsy, there are many investigations like there is EEG of the brain, there's MRI, there are investigations that might indicate a lot of times that there's something somewhere is wrong. But with core illnesses like anxiety, depression and schizophrenia, there's nothing to prove. Like I wouldn't be able to give you a formal printout of blood report or a test showing, see you have this. It's more clinical interview based and people have difficulty accepting that this could be something real. Again, things which are out of the ordinary always seem supernatural. We don't believe in ordinary and extraordinary. We believe in normal and abnormal. So anything that's not normal according to me will automatically become abnormal. That's how the basic psyche works. So with schizophrenia especially, I think first of all in uh, the culture that we live in, I would just talk about specifically in my personal experience, my South Asian culture, North India where I'm practicing for the past 3-4 years. The major misconception is that this is due to magic or religious thing, that this is because of a ghost or in regional languages what we say Mata Ajana or because of somebody somewhere nearby died and this is their spirit possessing this particular person. Though there are very different types of disorders and they tend to present in kind of a merging way. But this is one of the most major like misconception where everybody will from the family, the village and everybody they'll come and they'll tell you that so and so person died. And this is their spirit possessing this person. And that's why they're behaving this way. Secondly, feeling that you might have done something wrong in the past. 
or your ill deeds or your misfortune that has caused you to cause these illnesses now you would want to argue and say things like if i would like misfortune could be with anybody see it's shared bad luck also it's happening a lot of things getting diabetes i would say hypertension might also be just keeping aside the n number of factors happening this also has somewhere to do with luck point point when one person this can happen to anybody but major issue with these things is that it is due to being somewhere illiterate and uneducated i'm using these words separately because it illiterate does not account to being educated completely lot of people with full educational degrees working at the classes also believe in lot of these things hence education is something different so socio cultural financial so many factors come into play when you label a person that they have this kind of illnesses because of that and yes a lot of times just feeling that the person is feigning it for n number of factors to get something out in return or just for attention seeking behavior that is also very big misconception that usually in rural areas especially it's very disheartening to see that a person is beaten up by sticks by hot articles made to run around and tormented so that either the ghost goes away that is possessing them or they stop pretending and which is neither of the case very very misconception when when you hear these kind of things it kind of bugs you every day because you feel there is not enough power and voice reaching the rural areas and you can you really want to go and shout at top of your lungs no this is a very serious illness and this can be managed so easily absolutely on the same note we have another question for you so based on discrimination in whichever forms based on incorrect or misconceived uh, diagnostic results or however you would like to put it from your social media we have seen that you are a feminist by heart uh, we wanted to know if you have, if you've ever had any encounters with sexism in workplace or how do you think that this is um it's an important issue in your field and in general you know i think you deal with patients and i'm sure you do um is this a common issue and of course talking about rural areas so how does this sort of take place all together I would say I, there has there wouldn't be any one of among of us who would deny facing sexism anywhere. If I'm not even saying this just because of identifying as a woman, but yes, you talk to a group of your friends, and I think sexism talks are so general and bland that every day you have heard these stories while like your upbringing, and you have, we have somehow not in a healthy manner normalized them that these kind of things happen, and we are supposed to live with them, and there are only so many battles that you can. Right. coming from a lot of privilege i would say this i hold a lot of privilege in hand being born brought up and working in the same city living near my parents there's still a lot of privilege and balance that comes but still i would say yes sexism is everywhere and it affects my field too though it is relatively very less as i compared our field to my Uh, friends who are working in the multinationals who are not doctors in medical relatively the sexism is very less there is kind of equal pay for equal work here i am paid as much as my male colleagues are but when it comes to somewhere taken uh, being taken seriously or like maybe not in my field as that much if i would have been a female surgeon 
I've known my female friends, female surgeons talking about this that a person would want or they would prefer to be operated by a male surgeon that they are better at it. Just by saying it, not by any stats, say, or not by any research that indicates any such thing. But yes, every day when you're working in the front line and you get people from all kinds of care coming to you, this has happened to me many times that you see a patient and you prescribe them everything, and the next question that comes from their mouth is that, so when is the doctor going to see us? So that kind of like, oh, what was I just doing with you for the past 15, 20 minutes if I wasn't treating you? So this kind of a notion that women are mostly nurses, physiotherapists and dietitians rather than being the actual doctors, which is completely fine. Obviously, you take up any career that you want when you pursue that with your whole heart. But that kind of sexism, I wouldn't say not, I have, fortunately, I have not faced it by my colleagues or people at work, but more from people who are coming to you for help. But then again, as I said, you somewhere normalize it, somewhere accept it because there are as many battles as you can fight. So you choose your battles wisely or your days according to your timetable that this much I can fight today and this much I'm leaving it for tomorrow. So many days you fight out and many days you're like, just let it go. I have other better things to do in life. The one thing specifically where I have faced sexism, I face a lot while driving. So I live in a tier 2 public 3 city and I drive a lot uh, going to I visit two hospitals full time so driving is one of the main one of the main work that I do every day I don't somehow prefer having a driver that doesn't feel feminist enough I don't know there's another whole explanation for that but yes while driving I face a lot of sexism when you want to park maybe just out of sheer courtesy or feeling that women are not good drivers a lot of drivers would offer to want to park my car and history has known it that whenever they have parked it or they have hit a bump unfortunately like fortunately i haven't done that so just by feeling that oh it's difficult you might not be able to parallel park you might not be able to park well in the hospital due to less parking space so that is something when you just start your day and you're just entering the hospital before that you face these kind of things and you're like mood is off from now here only how will I work throughout the day yeah. just facing early morning sexism that I can't drive or I can't find and park yeah I, I, I yeah I understand like all the microaggressions and the casual sexism that's just you know in our society that we've sort of accepted like oh you know boys will be boys they'll do this you have to cover up you have to be like this so it's kind of like pressuring females a bit more but, but I personally I think that does not workplace there's there but uh, people around you when they don't uh, indulge that kind of behavior like a family is very gender neutral male female both contribute professionally personally every well doing household chores my husband for that matter would say is very very accepting of uh, each and everything that I say and very supportive in all these kind of things and at the end of the day I'm just putting out it all there on the table that this 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 so we have another question for you so we've yeah. seen that a lot of people don't exactly understand autism and neurodivergence in that matter since they think it fits like a certain stereotype like it has to look one way or do like be one way. So could you debunk some misconceptions about autism and really explain what it is in the whole scale and spectrum that's there for our viewers? So initially uh, with autism there's uh, one just big thing that it usually uh, people believe that male used to have it more than females there was this kind of a gender ratio that 3 is to 1 or 2 is to 1 so some kind of a gender ratio still exists but we have come to understand that it might also be due to a lot of bias that we have that we have this kind of a feeling oh she's a girl child she might just be just shy she's a girl child she might that's why not be mingling with others because she's not comfortable enough irrespective of putting it up the fact 
fact that there might be some issue and you need to get it checked out secondly a third of reason for this could also be that due to economical constraints the male child is taken to the healthcare facility earlier and faster and if there is a deficiency of resources it's diverted towards the male child in the family that they need to get help because they will be taking the family name forward another reason that we felt that males have more kind of illness on the neurodevelopmental disorders now we have come to realize that it's not black and white it's a complete gray zone and hence it is a spectrum so you can lie anywhere with different functionalities so you don't need to look and feel a typical way to be identifying on the autism spectrum disorder there is a very uh, this has been recently revised their list of criteria initially used to be communication skills repetitions behavior that has been further narrowed down because the less amount of list you need to take out the more people you can involve that it gets more elaborated and you are like sectioning people out more and more yes you don't need to look a particular way to be identified on this spectrum because mental illnesses don't have a face any developmental disorder will not have a face we are made up of n number of genes as it is imagine your parents genes coming together and making you you and your brother sister don't look alike though coming from the same progeny how can two people from different parts of the world having the same disorder might be expected to look the same there's a lot of ethical cultural upbringing nutritional n number of factors a person from a lower privileged section might be just malnourished to look at the particular way that could be contributing to their facial feature and been identified more person or relatively well to do family they would have got help from the very beginning a lot of physiotherapists a lot of assisted therapies that might cause them to behave in a different manner as would expected to be on this spectrum so yes so there's so many cultural behavioral developmental factors that come into play that's why you look a particular way that is true for i think any of us we look a particular way because of everything that has happened with us mentally and physically both throughout these years otherwise i would not be sitting here and be looking like this yeah I, there was actually this really good article that was published there were about two brothers and um they both uh, one of them had a genetic uh, i think it was autism to be precise and the other had another mental disorder so his son did not have it but the other son's uh, the other brother's son had it so they said that although you can do all of this um calculation and probability stats a lot of mental disorders are learned which should mean that you develop them over social implications in your life or you know just through time that you develop them experiencing whatever you have and i think it's really interesting a so lot of time your grandmother and your grand uh, parents have a illness and it completely skips your parents and comes to you and there's so many genes a one gene going one in micrometers here and there will completely change how you are as a person yeah and talking about the probability dr dashi we often meet therapists that are not medically trained that still perform therapy uh, out of experience or out of just a few courses that you've done but with regard to your qualification um so in in that sort of a point of view what extent um does having a medical point of view help you burst myths about uh, mental health and to continue that maybe to give it a bit of an abbreviation does it mean that therapists and psychiatrists that have been medically trained are in some in certain ways more credible how how important it is is it for someone 
to go out there and find um, a therapist or a psychiatrist that has undergone or is professionally trained. How, how would you infer that? Uh, this has, uh, I think, a burning, been a burning issue for the past one year where a lot of people have come up and they have been seeking therapy. But then how to find the right therapist has been one of the major issues that I get asked upon. First of all, please don't hesitate in asking for credentials of the person. Very rightly said, a lot of people are just practicing chit-chat and normal talk in names of therapy and they are not qualified enough. Please go ahead and check the qualification of the therapist you are working with. So you need to have a undergrad, a postgrad and then an MPhil in clinical psychology to be working as a clinical psychologist. So generally what we say and people, they kind they don't use words like clinical psychologist. They'll word use like life coach. They'll use word like therapist. They'll use word like helper, seeker, guider. So because technically they will feel that I'm not wrong. I have not written anywhere my clinical psychologist written. But that still does not take away the fact that you are not qualified enough to help people and chit-chat is not therapy. Recently, this multidisciplinary team kind of concept has also come up where we work in conjunction with a therapist or a psychologist at the workplace due to sheer deficiency of time at my hand. If I would, it would allow, time would allow me, I would take a lot of patients up for therapy also. But then you have so many people people to treat every day regarding medication that you really don't get that much time left in your hands and as we know therapy is very much time taking. Usually psychiatrists and psychologists work together and many uh, psychologists especially in the postgrad and their MPhil they are trained under psychiatrists like when I was training so there were a lot of psychologists training under us regarding clinical exposure with case studies so that happens in your postgrad and MPhil both that you work along a medical you work in a psychiatry unit in a medical college to gain that kind of experience. That somewhere is not present in undergraduation and hence it has not been advised that people who have done this undergrad to practice as a psychologist because there has been no clinical exposure there has just been a theoretical course like any other so until you get real life exposure working with patients working closely under people how would you get trained yeah i think that makes a lot of sense that a lot of clarity to people out there when they're going out to find a therapist or a psychiatrist at any point. I think that brings us to the end. It's been wonderful to talk to you and we hope that our viewers have gotten an insight into what this world of yours looks like and a world that's actually becoming more prominent during the pandemic and is becoming the most demand sense of structure in the medical system. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Imagine it took us a world, world health pandemic to pay attention to our mental health it was as severe enough and uh, no many people ask mental illnesses have increased in the pandemic yeah they surely have but it has just brought more attention to the already underlying illnesses and people have been more receptive of it uh, this is a very near future that we see that today we have sit and talk about menstrual health very commonly and three four years down the line we'll be able to talk about mental health as easily as that it was so wonderful having you here especially you know since you're thank you're you like properly trained and everything it was wonderful and you answered all of our questions like really well I gained some insight as well to some of the issues so it was really great having you thank you so much thank you so um, Shay and I are gonna do the two minute mental health checkup today just to see how you guys are feeling just comment down below or just you know you can message our Instagram. Keep us updated. Keep us updated or write it down for yourself to just check in on yourself. So how are you feeling today? Have you eaten or had enough water today? Are you taking time for self-care activities and time for recharging yourself and doing things that would, you know, make you feel better but also benefit you? 
we hope that you guys are staying safe and mentally recharging yourself for the upcoming year it's been a very tough time for everyone across the globe and we hope that you're doing well stay strong we can all get through this and yeah stay tuned for more thank you so much bye Bye, guys